cliffcentral.com. Hello and welcome to another In Conference with Michael Jackson here on your favorite podcast platform. As he says in his best James Earl Jones voice, this is cliffcentral.com. And this is the show where you get to meet the people as a public speaker that I'm privileged to meet around my world of travels. And I should say world of travels because normally I'll deal with human-based entrepreneurs, thought providers, leaders, top speakers, front of stage, back of stage people. But today we're kind of going out of this world, literally, as our guest is one of only four South Africans to have been selected for the forthcoming Mars One program. So she's literally going to be out of this world if she makes the final cut. If the mission takes off, we'll find out all about it as we now meet South African hopeful astronaut Adriana Murray. How nice to have you on the program, Adriana. Thanks for having me, Michael. It's my pleasure. Wow. So how does it feel to be a potential Mars astronaut? Well, super exciting, although there's, uh, of course, plenty of challenges ahead. I mean, in a lot of senses, this is the most ambitious project that humanity has ever proposed. Um, the Mars One project was the first to announce plans to send crews to Mars back in 2011, but subsequently a number of other players are on board too, so we're in for a very exciting ride in the next decade or two. Now, this is kind of Mars by 2025 is the process at the moment as it as it's currently aimed at. Is that correct, Adriana? Uh, SpaceX has announced plans for 2025. Mars One has announced plans for 2026. Lockheed Martin, 2028. Boeing wants to beat SpaceX, and NASA is planning return missions in the 2030s. Wow. Okay, now your mission, Mars One, put together by Dutch energy entrepreneur Baz Lansdorp and, and another colleague over in, in Holland. There was talk that the applications for Mars One, which allegedly attracted over 200,000 applicants, people saying they wanted to go on a one-way trip to Mars, of which you were one of those applicants, there was talk that all this could have just been a publicity stunt organized by a television reality show series. Yes, I mean, if it's a publicity stunt, then it's like fantastic. I think, I think it is also a publicity stunt as well as a serious proposal to send crews to Mars. So I think the public discussion and um, presence in popular culture that Ma the Mars One project has already generated is, is impressive. Lisa Simpson um, from The Simpsons, of course, um, Sheldon Cooper from The Big Bang Theory, and as well as on South Park, the Mars One project has been given specific mention. So I think I think we're living in exciting times either way. But I do believe that um, within 10 years, the Mars One project could well be a strong player in the game of sending the first humans to Mars. And do you believe, I mean, hopeful that you'll make the final cut. We'll talk about that in a moment. Do you believe, should you make that final cut, you will end up setting foot on a one-way trip to Mars? So the problem with space travel is that it's expensive. So I think one of the huge um, revolutions in aerospace travel that SpaceX has uh, pioneered for us this year, in fact, is reusable rockets. So there are many engineering endeavors towards making space travel cheaper. At the moment, it's estimated to cost around 10 billion US dollars per person to send someone to the planet Mars. Um, we can compare this to the cost of the Curiosity rover mission, which was around two and a half billion US dollars. So around four times more than that for one person. However, Elon Musk plans to develop a transit system that will bring this cost down to around 200,000 US dollars per person within the next 10 years or so. And with these kind of cost reductions, I think the pro project becomes more and more feasible. Wow, Adriana, but we're still talking one way. I mean, this is a one-way trip to Mars. You are aware of that, obviously. <laughs> 
So, I mean, starting a new society is surely something I would dedicate many decades to, um, whether or not I, I spend the rest of my life on Mars or not, or whether some return trip is developed by us, of course, the settlers on the surface before I um, end my life. So I think it's the developments happen at a huge rate um, nowadays. So the Mars One Project would like to demonstrate livability on the surface, and they believe that interest would snowball after that um, if they could demonstrate this, of course, setting up fuel, manufacturing plants on the surface of Mars and basic industry will be the priority of the first settlers who arrive. Well, listen, Holland's already had a proud heritage of settling other lands. You know, does Baz Lansdorp want to declare Mars Dutch property? No, so although the founders are based in the Netherlands, this is a non-profit foundation international of an international nature. So the, the crews that will be sent are, are purposefully 50% men, 50% women, and as much of a distribution of cultures, nationalities, backgrounds as possible. Um, and the, according to the Mars One website, the rules and regulations set up on the surface of Mars will be decided on by the settlers and not the project itself. So... Um, all in all, I think this is a reasonable and a way that gives me a lot of enthusiasm about starting a new society. So hang on, let's think about that. Starting a new society, you're going to breed with a fellow astronaut. You're going to produce a Martian baby, is that correct? <laughs> no. Uh, it would be unethical and extremely dangerous to think about having children in the first early stages of the settlement. The infrastructure will be minimal. Um, the crew will all be given, will all have hours of tasks allocated to them daily. We will be going there for our expertise. Um, and not as in our reproductive capabilities. <laughs> so for sure, within a few decades, I can't say how long, but um, there's a genetic distribution of people sufficient to have a viable population once you have a group of about 500. Oh, you say so, that in such a matter-of-fact astronaut-style way. I mean, come on, your mum and dad want you to have their first Martian <laughs> grandchild. Let's do this thing. Come on. <laughs> Uh, I'll do my best to survive first and foremost, and yeah, we can have this discussion again. <laughs> I love it. Well, look, I mean, let's talk about this. If 200,000 people or around that figure did apply in the first sense, my own son, Alex, who's now working as a data analyst in Germany, asked me if he could apply in the early round, and I said, did they say it was one way? And he said, yes. And I said, please, God, I'll help you sign the application form now. <laughs> he didn't make it, though. It went from, if there were 200,000 applicants, down to about 1,058. That got shrunk down to about 660. You're one of the surviving 100 soon-to-be-announced 24 who will be crewing trips to Mars, assuming the technology gets itself together and you leave the, the planet's shackles. Is that kind of the right numbers that I'm talking here? That's correct. Um, so there weren't a list of stringent requirements for application. You had to be over 18 and agree to speak a reasonable level of English within the number of years that the selection would take place. So there's no upper limit of ages and no specific professions or expertise required. But I think organically, the Mars One Project has been successful in narrowing down this very diverse and interesting group of 100 finalists. Um, I think largely this group is characterized by people who are planning to continue what they are doing here on Earth on Mars. So largely medics, engineers and scientists are amongst these finalists um, and business people in various industries. And I think the kind of people necessary um, with the diversity of characters to establish a society. Of course, your skills will be crucial, but the plan is to, during the 10 years of training, teach the crews exactly the kind of technical skills that they will need to survive. You're a theoretical physicist doing your research in the fields of quantum biology, I understand. Yes, that's right. Is that a good background for a potential astronaut wannabe? 
So um, to enter astronaut programs generally with NASA or with the Russian Space Agency, for example, you would require a master's or a PhD in, in any area of science. Then you would specialize and do specific training for, for almost a decade after that. Um, so I am positioned in terms of having the academic qualifications already. Um, I'm, a, I'm a researcher, I'm a learner, so that is something that comes easily to me. Um, so, of course, expertise and technical skills are, are a plus, but I think what, what the really the most difficult and important thing to get right in this mission will be the psychology of it. So as well as having the technological capabilities, you have to be a good team player. Um, you have to be able to work alone or in a group uh, to solve challenges, the likes of which we may never have seen. So uh, it's quite difficult to say exactly what you need for this mission, but I think a certainty that you're the right person is certainly one of them, and I believe I have that. Now, you're and supremely confident with it. It's a pleasure chatting with you, Adrian. I must, I must confess. You know, let's think about this. You're a, a 33-year-old female away from quantum biology for a moment. Um, you're getting a lot of media coverage at this point in time and hopeful of making the 24, and we'd all love to see you go, let's face it, because you'd you know, just carry all of our hopes and ambitions and aspirations with you, I guess. But let's Thank let's you. assume hypothetically, in all the middle of this media coverage, um, you run into a Springbok rugby player. He's got everything going for him, and you suddenly go, "Wow, I think I'm in love with a Springbok rugby player." Not that many people are in love with the Springboks right about now, <laughs> but let's assume that you fell in love with one of them, um, and he said, "Babe, don't go," gazing deeply into your eyes. What would you do, Adriana? That kind of laugh that I just gave you now is probably going to be. So he'd have to be a pretty special example of a human being to um, make me choose him over a, a dream of being the first humans to live on a new planet. Uh, so, yeah, he could he could give it a try. Um. <laughs> yeah, well, if the Springboks could get a try, it would be an amazing thing. That's just not happening. So, all right. So, I mean, you've declared that quite openly here now. So no Springbok athletes need apply. But in terms of in terms of where you are, you know, this dream of yours now, when will we know the final 24 people who've been picked for the Mars One mission or missions? Um, so an exciting development announced by the project earlier this month or late last month is that they are now listed on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange. So there's been an investment agreement with a Swiss company, um, and this looks to be positive towards the direction of um, securing sufficient funding to get the ball rolling. So what needs to happen next is that the 24 will be selected during a two-week selection process, and subsequent to that, the 24 would sign full-time contracts as employees with the Mars One project. Um, and plus uh, contracts with the aerospace companies and industries that are planned to design and build the hardware would need to be finalized. So um, I think it's all looking positive. Um, there's movement, and we are hoping that next year sometime um, the 24 will be selected. So oh, then beyond say, that, yeah, go on, sorry. I must say I'm really grateful for the platform I have in the meantime to promote um, space exploration, science, and the idea of being proudly human in South Africa and abroad, from school children to adults, um, I'm finding this to be a really interesting um, portion of my life. So whenever the selection takes place, um, I'm enjoying every day until that happens. And I want to point out that people can book you to go and do a conference talk for their business on this subject as well, um, uh, with or without a helmet, I guess. But <laughs> let's assume you make the 24. That's next year, end of 2017. You're now saying 10 years of training. 10 years to get the technology right. You're 33 years old, turning 34 years old. 10 years from now, you're 44 years old. I mean, you're giving up your whole life to the promise of one dream, although you have explained how significant one of the first humans to ever set foot 
on the planet Mars would be. Are you adamant that you're committing your whole life to this process? Well, I think that's actually an interesting um, characteristic that I've noticed amongst others in the 100 in, in terms of with or without this trip to Mars, our lives would continue as they have been. So I'm a researcher. I've spent already 10 years getting a PhD in physics, um, and this is now my skills base. The 10 years of training that I do with the Mars One project would teach me things I am going to love learning. I mean, f learning how to fly a fighter jet, you know, doing the scuba diving training to simulate zero gravity, going to places like Antarctica, Norway, where um, these kind of rovers and other equipment is tested in the cold conditions, desert-like Mars simulation training stations. I think you can hear that this is going to be really exciting for me. And, of course, in the back of my mind, I know that I may not go. But it is such a good opportunity, in my opinion, um, that I'm going to give it my all, regardless of the outcome. But Adriana, I've still got to look at the human side of this. I mean, 10 years from now, you're going to be 44, 45 years old. You may give up the prospect of having kids or a normal family relationship back here with gravity on planet Earth. Well, I think with 7 billion of us living on the planet right now, I certainly do not feel that reproducing is a priority in my life. And uh, if that ever changes, I'll have a difficult decision to make. But for now, I'm quite happy that I have a niece. And, um, yeah, the, fa the family will continue with or without my participation yes. in reproduction. Yeah. <laughs> um, all Springbok rugby players listening to this now drop their heads in sadness because they were still thinking about hooking up with you anyway. But then Springbok rugby <laughs> players are always eternally hopeful. Um, Time is against us. I mean, a fascinating conversation. We could talk for days, let alone 15 minutes. The fact that you're a speaker out on the circuit, I'm dying to hear you speak myself, by the way. It's just, I was so pleased when Calvina, our producer, said, oh, man, you're never going to believe who you're going to talk to next. And it was like, yay, I'm thrilled to do it. So we're definitely going to get together. Um, and I'm seeing you on a stage somewhere soon. Uh, where do people get hold of you? How do they get a potential Mars astronaut to come to their conference? So uh, my website is the easiest starting point for my social media and how to contact me at adrianamarea.org. If you're interested in the Mars One project or would like to be emailed updates, you can go to www.marsone.com um, and sign up on the, on the as a community member there as well. So adrianamarea.org is your own personal website, marsone.com. Just Google that. Um, you're also on the Mars One website, so people can see what you look like and get all that information like I did. Female, 33, never dated a Springbok from South Africa, language <laughs> English, which is brilliant. But, I mean, it's, you know, um, time is absolutely against us. It just remains for me to say thank you and good luck. Promise you'll stay in touch, though, because I want to know more about that selection process, and then we're all really going to get the entire nation and the planet behind you as well. But for now, Adriana, a real joy having a conversation with you. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Michael. It's been a pleasure. Wow, and that's in conference with Michael Jackson, taking you off planet Earth to the realm of Mars and beyond, stretching the podcast planetary atmosphere. Thanks and goodbye for now.